I mean, who do you think would win a fight? Well, what do you mean? Well, if you and I ever got into like a really serious fight, you know, and the punches started flying, who do you think would win? Well, I think that's pretty obvious. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. The bat is dead. Bury it. Fight back! You coward, fight back! You just started a war. Dark fire will not avail you! Flame of Moon! Never give up. Never surrender. We must fight. You've always run away from a fight. Have not? You have so. Have not? You have so. Have not? You have so and you know it. Greetings and welcome to episode number 32 of the Who Would Win cast, the podcast that analyzes fictional fights between familiar faces. My name is Steve and back again on the podcast, you guessed it, it's Chris. Hey Chris. Hey Steve. Thanks for coming back on. My pleasure. Honored to be back. Anything new since the last time I saw you? It's been a while. Not a long, long time. But uh, very little. I lead a boring life. That's not true. We both um, know it's not true. Well, let's see. I've been playing a, a PS4 game called Horizon Zero Dawn. Okay. And I love it. Yeah? Did it just come out recently? I think it came out on Tuesday, which oh. was like... A couple days ago? Three days ago. Nice. And uh, it's great. Also, I wanted to say something I forgot to say... Our last podcast, we talked about our favorite movies. Uh-huh. I forgot to say one of my, like, top favorite movies is Hook with uh, Robin Williams. Really? Yeah, I love that movie. I have never seen Hook. You've never seen Hook. I have heard nothing but bad things it about it. It was critically panned. But as... I like that joke, by the way. <laughs> oh! Um, as I feel, though, as I've like, gotten older, I feel like people have a better appreciation of the film. Maybe. For me, it's a lot of, like, childhood nostalgia. Right. But Steven I, Spielberg like, made it, too, right? I think Steven yeah, Spielberg I don't made know. it. I mean, probably. Yeah. I'm really not sure. I think he did. Dustin Hoffman has a great performance in it. Robin Williams is in it, right? Robin Williams plays Peter Pan as an adult. Wow. Bob Hoskins is in it. Really? It I has a good that. cast. Oh, wow. Dustin Hoffman kind of steals the show. Who's he playing? He plays Hook. Oh, Captain Hook. Nice. He's the one with the hook on his hand. Oh, is that why he's called Captain Hook? Yes. I think so. I don't know what he was called before. I he thought he just hook. liked the fish, so that's why they called him Captain well, Hook. Maybe, because I don't know what he was called before he had the hook. Yeah, do you think he was born with that? No, he wasn't. Steve, have you seen any version of Peter Pan? An alligator ate his hand off. That's why he's afraid of alligators. But what was he called before he was called Captain Hook, is what I'm saying. Well, that's what I'm saying, too. I don't know. But he wasn't right. born with a hook. That okay. Okay. Well, right. preposterous. Right. But I'm saying, if he was called Captain Hook, then you'd think he'd have a hook since the day he was born. No one would think that. No one in their right mind would think, <laughs> well, oh, maybe, he must have been born maybe, with a hook. Maybe I'm not in my right mind then. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> uh, all right, so I wanted to go over some of our uh, recent poll results. If you don't have anything else uh, to add, anything new, bathroom news? My bathroom's done. It's 100% done? Have you showered in it? No, but I did turn it on to make sure it worked. And it did work. Yeah. I would say you need to have the the christening shower. Yeah. The The maiden shower. All right. You know, it could be nice. Like, make it make it like a spectacle. What? Like, I don't know. It could be like silver or golden. Are you trying to get? You could have like a golden shower if you want to really like spruce up the the occasion. It's the main color of the room is like gray, so I don't know what I'd work in for the gold. Yeah, I'm not sure. I thought for a second you were trying to like get invited to the shower, the first shower. <laughs> like, no, weird, no, I'm not trying to get invited to shower in your in your shower. But hey. Well, if if I ever need to use the shower, could I use you're, it? You're welcome to it oh, any time. Awesome. Thanks. I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I'll make sure I let, I'll let our listeners know when I'm using the shower for the first time. And right before you get in the shower, I'll go in the bathroom and I'll announce to the bathroom, 
Here he is. You know him. You love him. It's Steve. <laughs> Getting ready to take a shower. <laughs> yep. All right. So do you remember the little wager we made uh, a couple oh, weeks back before the Oscars? Do I remember the wager? We wagered a uh, a movie. Who would we could tell the other person a movie to watch? That's right. And uh, unfortunately, that's not going to happen. Why is that? Because that episode ended in a 50-50 tie. Wow. So it is completely even. I, I saw, and we actually had like a good amount of votes on that, too. Yeah, it, wasn't, we, it wasn't like a one-to-one tie. Right, yeah. It was uh, which actress's characters would win, and we had Naomi Harris um, from the film Moonlight, which won Best Picture, uh, and I had her character, It did Tia win Dalma. Best Picture? I thought La La Land won. <laughs> I forget. I actually, I wanted to send you a picture of somebody on Instagram. Um, you know how they, that... Uh, the one producer from La La Land held up the card and yes. like, the camera zoomed in on it. Someone erased it and wrote The Room, Tommy Wiseau, <laughs> for winning for winning Best Picture. Uh, yeah, so, so Moonlight won, which was really stupid Oscar drama. And uh, she was going up against Natalie Portman's character from Leon, Leon the Professional. Mm-hmm. And Natalie Portman did not win, and neither did uh, Naomi Harrison. Well, you want to just roll this bet forward? Sure, into this one? Into this, yeah. not Because we have an episode since then, but I don't know the results, so I don't want to wager anything that's on fine. it. In case so I, we'll do it for this episode yeah, that we're for recording. for this, today's episode. All right, so whoever wins gets to choose a movie for the loser to watch. Okay, so if you have not listened to that episode, uh, you know, the poll already closed, but you can still go back and listen to it if you'd like to. Uh, also, our previous episode, which came out in honor of Logan, which came out uh, this past weekend. I'm actually supposed to go see it soon, so I'm excited to see it. I heard it's pretty good. Uh, we had Eleven from Stranger Things going up against X-23, who's supposed to be in Logan. And um, the poll for that, you want to take a guess? I uh, I think Eleven probably won because more people will have heard of her than X-23. It is with 17 votes... That's a great. That's a good poll. For I know us. that is a good poll for us. Seventy-one percent X twenty-three. Wow. And twenty-nine percent eleven. Good thing I didn't. It's uh, a good thing you didn't wager. Yeah. yeah. So as of now, X twenty-three has the lead. You never know. Things could totally happen. And man, eleven could must be a bunch of X Men fans following our channel. I think it's because with Logan coming out, people are looking at like hashtags X twenty-three and hashtag yeah. Logan. Oh, okay. So so that's what we're looking at from uh, some of our previous episodes. Uh, you want to get into this this week's episode? Anything else you want to add? Nope. Nope. Let's do it. Let's right. get into it. So, as always, if you have any ideas for any future matchups or scenarios, or if you just like to say hello, you can reach us through Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Gmail. You can also subscribe and leave us a rating on iTunes or through our RSS feed on Podbean. Chris, what are we talking about today? Today, we have the return of the Who Would Win Top Chef episode. One of my favorite episodes. I think it is my favorite episode that we did before. Iron Chef, who would win? Iron Chef, who would win? In our previous episode, we had Chef Carl Casper from the movie Chef going up against Bob of Bob's Burgers. That is correct. How, and how did that episode work out? What, what was the, And how's this episode going to so work out as well? So we each have chosen a fictional chef. Yes. We will tell you a little bit about them, we'll tell you a little about their background, tell you a little about their movie, if they're in a movie or a TV show, whatever. Yeah. And then we will randomly generate a food. Based on an online random generator called randomlist.com, which is a fantastic website. Like, if you're trying to, like, write, like, creative writing and you're stuck. <laughs> Are you sure that's a good advice? Yeah. Like, it has, like, random phone numbers. So, like, say, for example, like, you're writing, like, a sitcom and you need, like, one random number for the character. Do you think that's a problem writers have? They're like, I need a random phone number. I can't randomly pick seven I think, numbers. I think so, because you're more likely, I feel like, to pick numbers that are associated with things that you know. 
Well, you're going to pick 555 for the first three numbers. So they only have four more numbers to choose. This is true. What does it matter if they know those numbers? Because if you pick 555, the moment you hear 555, it's automatically unbelievable. Like People are like, oh, that's a fake phone number. Yeah, of course. I mean, right. We all know what happened to 8675309. Yeah, it's a shame. Yeah. It's a damn shame. So Anyway. Yes. Use the random list generator to write your essays for you, is what Steve's saying. Yeah, if you need to. If you need a little creative uh, writing help there. So... Will it give us a food though? Can we choose a category? Because it just, get, it just food is the category. Oh, it only does food. No, it does tons of things actually. Oh, but we can pick food as a category. Is yes. What I'm, what I'm making sure that we're not going to. We could do candy, ice cream, cocktails, recipes, fruits, phone numbers, numbers, and things. That's pretty broad. Wow, things. Things. Well, let's stick to food since this is a cooking episode. Yes, we'll stick we'll, to that. We'll generate the random food. We will then think of three courses: right. appetizer course, entree course, right. Dessert course. Yes. We will explain how our chef could cook a great course. Right. We'll argue a little bit about it. Hopefully, we'll keep it uh, keep it friendly. And then we'll let the viewers decide who cooked the better meal. Totally down for it. All right. Uh, since you're the guest and you actually came up with this episode this week, I'll let you uh, talk about your character first. Well, uh, my character I have chosen is Sherman Dudley. Uh, who is that? He's nicknamed Preacher in the movie. He's in the movie Deep Blue Sea. Okay. Uh, 1999 movie, uh, played by LL Cool J. Got it. So uh, Deep Blue Sea, it's a movie about sharks. Basically, uh, searching for your cure to Alzheimer's disease, a group of scientists uh, working in a secret research facility uh, develop this, this basically, I think they actually do find like an, a cure for Alzheimer's, but as a byproduct, well, basically, they, they, it's somehow in shark brains. But there's not enough of it. They need more. So they genetically make the shark's brains bigger. So there's enough of this, like, whatever cure stuff to, to harvest. But that makes the sharks super smart. So then the sharks start, like, hunting them and trying to escape. Oh, it's kind of like Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Have you ever seen that? No. You ever seen Rise of the Planet of the Apes? No. Ah, it's so good. It's like the reboot in the Planet of the Apes. Mm-hmm. They're trying to find a cure for Alzheimer's. Wait, really? Yeah. They just ripped off Deep Blue Sea and changed the sharks to gorillas. Apes. Apes. But it's way better. Are you sure? I'm Deep sure. Blue Sea is pretty good. Does it have LL Cool J in it? No. Has it, ja- ha- has James Franco. It has Deep Blue Sea has Samuel L. Jackson. Darn it. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. That's interesting. They sound very similar. Yeah. So, uh, Sherm, uh, Preacher. I'm just going to call him Preacher. That's, that's, that's what everyone calls him in yeah. the movie. Yeah. He is the chef of the facility. He also um, he dabbles in a little uh, theoretical physics. That's kind of a joke. He just makes one joke about it. I just thought it'd be funny <laughs> to say he was a theoretical physicist. He um he's a bird lover. He has a pet bird. It's on the ship with him, and he he has some problems with alcohol. He's a, he's a religious guy though, so he's like trying to work through his uh his problems with the help of the Lord. Okay, and he may or may not be a rapper. I'm not sure if his character is a rapper, but LL Cool J is a rapper. So maybe so he I'm going to list that, that as like a skill. Yep. Okay. So you're taking the real life person's skills and applying that to the character. Just for this intro, because I have, like, a joke about it later. Oh, okay. That's fine. Um, and he, So he's a chef for the ship? It's, a, it's like, not a ship. It's, like, an actual, like, like uh, facility with, like, rooms. It's, okay. like, half, it's, like, part above water, part underwater. They have, like, all these rooms and tanks, and they're keeping the sharks there. And Okay. And then, um, you know, once the sharks become smart sharks, they, like, things, things go bad quickly. But LL Cool J, he, uh, he stays cool. You know, he's, he's in his name. Cool under pressure. There you go. It's in his actor's name. It's not in his name in the movie, but True. still, still yeah. very cool. Yeah. 
And um, I think he'd make a great chef on Iron Chef, so I'm, okay. I'll tell you more about how later. Okay, that's fine. So I am picking a, uh, a Mr. Yev Kassem. Is that his name? I always wondered what his name, his real name was. That's right. His real name is Yev Kassem, and all my Seinfeld friends out there are going to know that that is most famously known as the Soup Nazi. So I am picking the Soup Nazi to go up in Iron Chef America. Uh, the Soup Nazi is played by Larry Thomas. Um, most people probably remember him besides the Soup Nazi. He was in Austin Powers, the first one. He was the blackjack dealer um, when Austin was playing blackjack, and Austin had like three, <laughs> and he's like, "I'll stay." And the and the blackjack dealer is like, "You have three, sir." And, you know, he's like, I like to live dangerously. That's funny that his claim to fame is the blackjack dealer in one scene of Austin Powers. I feel I, like... I mean, besides... Well, I mean, besides Seinfeld. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like, like that actor... I mean, he's kind of embraced the soup Nazi role. Like, he's done a lot of commercials since then as the soup Nazi. Uh, a lot of people pretty much know this, that the soup Nazi is based on a real uh, person who owned a soup store in New York. His name is... I'm probably going to butcher it. Ali Yagana. Uh, they call him Al... He's from Iran, and he came here to New York City, and he had a soup shop, and it's called the Original Soup Man, which you can actually buy stock for. And hmm. I looked it up today, and it's pretty cheap. <laughs> I'm not going to buy it, though. So are, are there a lot of Nazis from Iran? I didn't know that. Are there a lot of Nazis from Iran? Yeah. I, no, they all went to Argentina in the end. They did, he's not really a Nazi. They just call him a Nazi because oh. of the way, because of the way he acts. All right, I thought you were saying that yes. the guy he was based on was a Nazi. No, no. So what happened was some of the writers of the show heard about this place and they like people around the area like referred to him as like a Nazi because he runs his kitchen like very strictly, like very tip top shape. Uh, so they did this episode where Jerry and George and Elaine and everybody they go to this soup place and they call him the soup Nazi, and uh, you know hilarity. Hilarity ensues and all that good Do stuff. Do they get kicked out? Uh, George gets kicked out. Elaine gets kicked out. Kramer ends up being best friends with the Soup Nazi. <laughs> and Jerry was close to being kicked out. And he had the choice between um, staying and getting soup or leaving with his girlfriend. And he chose to stay and take <laughs> the soup. Because he thought it would be easier to repair things with his girlfriend than repairing things with the Soup Nazi. It's a classic Seinfeld gag there. Yeah, exactly. So uh, the Soup Nazi was really not happy with the episode. Uh, he thought it really did bad damage to his reputation, even though it probably really, really helped his The real-life Soup Nazi was upset about this? Yes, he like, he didn't uh, think it was funny. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> apparently, uh, like I don't know if it was weeks after it aired or sometime after it aired, Jerry actually went there, and the uh, owl guy saw him and had to do like a triple take. And he actually said no soup for you and kicked him out of the uh, the soup stand. <laughs> so, which is actually uh, pretty pretty funny. And that, I actually that, I actually uh, went to his soup stand, one of his soup stands. He has a couple of them in New York. Well, now that he's going public, I and, guess he's a big deal. Yeah. So I actually went there, and it was actually pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. What kind of soup did you have? I got, uh, I think I got lobster bisque, which I definitely wanted to do because that's also in the episode. Ah. Uh. Uh, so and it came with free bread, which was funny because that's another thing that's in the episode that George doesn't get free bread, and he complains about it, and that's why the soup Nazi says no soup for you. Uh, so yeah, so I'm picking the soup Nazi from Seinfeld as my chef in Iron Chef America. Iron Chef, who would win? Iron, yeah, who would win Iron Chef <laughs> in America? In America, with Just an Iranian. Don't want to infringe any copyrights. This is correct. We are not associated at all with the Food Network TV show. Is it? I don't think it's still on, though. 
Mm, I think I'm not they, sure. I, think they I haven't seen it in a long time. So. No. I always liked it, though. Yeah, me too. I used to watch that a lot. All right, should we get our secret ingredient? Let's pick our secret ingredient. All right, so like Chris said, we have the random food generator from this great website called randomlist.com, and we're going to figure out our secret ingredient. Chris, what is our secret ingredient? It is potato chips. Potato chips indeed. How can we do this? How are we going to do this? How well... For, I really want to hear – all right, we'll start with the appetizer. Mm-hmm. But I really want to hear your pitch. My my, my general like, because, my general because overview? Because from what I've heard, like from what I've heard from you just talking and this, – this guy doesn't even like cook in the movie. So I was going to say – He's just a cook. I was thinking you picked like a gr- an angry Nazi guy who only can make he's not, soup. He's not a Nazi. Right. He's not a Nazi. Well, I mean, he, he might be. No, he's not a Nazi. It's in his name. He right. That's in his name because that's what people call him because he's very strict. He's not anti-Semitic or wants to mm, uh, well, commit genocide. We'll let the we'll let the people be the judge of that. I think most people think he's not a real Nazi. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't want to concede that point at this point, but that's fine. Um, I did realize. Yes, the character I pick never shown cooking in the movie. Okay. Um, however, go on. There's going to be a couple things that I'm going to try to work in that's going to really work to his advantage. Okay. One. Access to very fresh seafood. Okay, fair enough. He's in the ocean. In the movie, he does kill a shark. So he has a ton of shark to work with. So we're probably going to have to work in shark into all of our meals. But you were hoping that the secret ingredient was going to be shark. If it was shark, that would have been amazing. (laughs) That would have been really good for you, yeah. (laughs) The other thing is he does have one line related to cooking. Okay. That I know of. What what is it? Like put salt on it? What? No. And actually, it's on that level, actually. But no, it's... <laughs> so, basically, at the point where he thinks he's going to die soon, he starts recording a video of himself, kind of like his last, like, what Will he's going to leave in his, for his legacy. Yeah. So, he starts out very seriously, and then, then he goes right into talking about cooking, and he says, The perfect omelet is made with two eggs, not three. Amateurs often add milk for density. This is a mistake. <laughs> and then the camera cuts away. That's it? That's all he says? That's all he says about food. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But I just feel like that shows he knows how to cook eggs very well. Okay. So that's something. I mean, what's the soup Nazi make other than soup? I'm glad you asked. Uh Uh-oh. So I'm going to save. I'm going to save that. I'm going to save that for later. All right. Because that's not not my my main meal right now because we're talking uh, appetizers. Did you print out a menu from his restaurant? (laughs) (laughs) We'll get there. All right. All right. Who's going first for the appetizer? All right. I'll talk about my appetizer. Okay. So the soup Nazi for his appetizer, he's going to go with the classic. He's going to go with the bowl of soup. That's wow. A- shocker. I know, right? This The soup Nazi soup is phenomenal. Jerry eats it, and he feels as though he's being corrupted by a Nazi regime because it's so good. All he wants to do is continue to buy soup from this guy. It causes Elaine to take a bite and sit down. Um, is that a big deal? Does only not like to sit? Well, no, she takes a, like, like, she took a bite and she goes, oh my God, I have to sit down. This is so good. The line for this place is out the door. Everybody wants to go to the soup Nazi stand. So I'm going to go with a lobster bisque. It's one of his. Shocker again. There, why is that a shocker? Because that was the one thing you said you ate when you went to the. And soup Nazi restaurant. So, A, I'm going because, A, I have personal experience. I know that it's good because I've actually had it myself. B, it's a staple of his during the episode. 
And uh, additionally, it's going to make the judges fall out of their chairs. It's so good. It's going to melt in their mouth, right? Now, you're probably so asking. We have pretty serious judges. They're, they're not going to f- often. They don't often fall out of their chairs. Right. So that would be really good soup. It's, it's going to be phenomenal soup. In in the episode, and I'm drawing on my knowledge of Seinfeld, and our fans out there can fact check me. That's what we got to get. We got to get like a live fact checker here. That'd be cool. Maybe like an intern to double check what we're saying here. In the episode, Jerry says that the soup is so good it'll make your knees buckle. If that happens to Jerry, I'm sure it's going to happen to some very, very tough food judges as well. Now, how am I going to work potato chips into this? I was just about to ask you. There we go. Uh, he's gonna. It's going to be simple. Instead of having like a cracker drizzled on top, he's going to take the potato chips, he's going to crunch them up, and he's going to drizzle it on top of the lobster bisque to get that little extra salty flavor to go along with the seafood taste. Hmm. And that's what he would do uh, with his soup. Can I uh, propose a counterpoint? Sure. Um, if you crumble up potato chips, they're going to get soggy quickly. They're not that thick. They don't have a lot of, you know, cracker mass to them. They're going to eat it quickly. He's going to do it right when they're it's getting It's like ready. at the table. Yeah, it's at the table. You kind of you know how sometimes you come around, you put a little a bit of extra pepper, you like you're at the Olive Garden, they shred up your cheese and you tell them when to stop or I, whatnot. Yep, yep. Same thing. So they're just getting That's, ready. He, he just He's going to come around, he's going to sprinkle a little bit. He's going to crush it right in front of them. And he's just going to sprinkle it right on top. He's going to hand crush their potato chips. That's cool. I think that's that added like some fanciness to it. Yeah, your waiter just comes out and just crumples all these potatoes crumple, in his hands. Crumples any any drizzle. And he just Put sprinkles it. them exactly. All right, sounds gross, but whatever. No, Guess it's that's not. your thing. It's the soup Nazi, though. <laughs> it's the soup Nazi. Okay. Yeah, he probably berates you if you don't like it. Kicks you out if you don't like your soggy potato. No, he soup. never he never kicks anybody out for not liking the soup because everybody likes the soup so that's not a problem Mm. the real problem is people just not following his directions and i'm going to get to that in a second but i'm going to let you all right do your your appetizer one more question sure to just educate me about the soup nachi yes um does he have any dishes where he crumbles potato chips on top uh there are there's no dishes where he doesn't there's no dishes where he doesn't put p- crumbled potato chips on top Just because of? we haven't seen him do it, d- just because we have not seen him do it doesn't mean he can't do it, is what I'm trying yeah. to say. Okay. So you don't know for, you don't know he doesn't do it. You're not saying he does it on all of his dishes, right? Correct. All right. Yes, correct. I'm still not positive that you've actually printed out a menu, so I didn't know if you knew something about crumbled potato chips. Oh, chip. okay. All right. Are you good for your? Yeah, uh, I'm good with my appetizer. But I just want so I just want to end with the fact is just because I've never seen him do it doesn't mean he doesn't have the ability to do. Does that. it have a fancy name like soggy potato chip soup? <laughs> no, call it lobster bisque with a potato ganache. Do you know what a ganache? Nope, is? Nope, no idea. Okay, <laughs> but the soup Nazi will. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I have no idea. All right, so here's uh, here's preacher's appetizer. Go right ahead. Um, a guy who's never cooked. We've never seen him. He's cook. a he's a professional chef. We've never seen him. He cook. works at a secret research facility. He's got to be good to get in there. We've, we've never seen him cook. And the only they thing had he talks their about... pick of chefs. If you open up a job listing, chef needed secret government research facility. You're going to get a lot of applications. That's probably a high paying job. You, Maybe you can pick from the cream of the crop of chefs. Maybe. <laughs> I don't think so. Because they're going to want to work in a restaurant where they're going to get a lot of business. And a lot well, of a lot of people are going to eat their food at your secret government facility. Mm. You're going to only have the five same people eating their his. Food. No, there's way more than five people that work All right, there. Ten. The only reason there's not that many people in the movie is because it's like the night shift or something like that. Normally, there's like there's like forty or fifty people that's, there. That's a good restaurant has like three times that a night. 
Well, he's like, this is more exclusive. You get to know your clientele. You get to cater your dishes. It's not really his clientele. It's just the people that work at the same place he works at. That's not really – that's like a cafeteria. He's a glorified cafeteria worker. It's pretty that much what is it is. That is extremely offensive to cafeteria <laughs> workers. I'm not offending cafeteria workers. That's, I'm just saying that – Will you just let me – let me just present right, my appetizer. Right, go and right ahead. complain about his credentials. All right. Obviously, right he's not qualified for his job. That he wears a chef outfit. Just because you wear a chef outfit, why makes you would a chef? someone wear a chef outfit if they weren't a chef? Halloween. Other than it's not Halloween in the movie. <laughs> That's not the premise of the movie. So other than that, creeps. He's a cool guy. We already established that he's not a creep. Identity theft. All right. Here's what preacher's making. He's making the going back to California rolls. Okay. Now, no one probably laughed at my hilarious pun. <laughs> But there is an LL Cool J song called Going Back to Cali. came out in 1989. So it's really clever. Nice. All right. Anyway. So uh, it's a standard California roll. You know, uh, rice, seaweed paper. Uh, he's got he's got the crab in it. But here's here's where he amps it up. He has extremely fresh crab because he's in the ocean. Mm-hmm. He's got he's got fantastic crab. Mm-hmm. He's got uh, he's got avocado. He's got uh, cucumber because it comes in in the shipment. You know, he prepared. He, he knew he'd be making something with sushi. And then, for a, for a crunchy topping, crumbled up potato chips coating the sushi roll. So he's crumbling up the potato chips as well? Yes. Okay. And it's going to go around the sushi roll. Yeah, he's gonna, it's going to coat the rice, okay. and you're going to get a nice potato chip crunch when you bite into the sushi roll. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, aren't you afraid? You know how sometimes when the potato chips are broken up and they're small, sometimes they kind of pierce your, your, the inside of your mouth? Has that ever happened to you before? Sometimes you bite the potato chip in the wrong way. Uh, that's a fair point. So he's, he's using like um, he's using like a softer variety of potato chip. Like he's not he's not using ruffles. He's using no. Like a, I mean, anyone uh, ruffles are wait, awful. Wait, I, I like ruffles. I prefer ruffles for dipping, like in in dips. I'm not a big potato chip dipper. Mm-hmm. You like to drizzle? I do like to drizzle. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that another that's, time. That's a whole other conversation for another day. Um, so yeah, we're, we're we're using like the like softer potatoes. I would so. pick for mine. I would pick kettle cooked personally because the kettle cooks also if if it can hide kind of the soupy flavor on the inside. So when you bite into it, if you get like a little bit, like I mean, obviously it's going to be crumbled, but if you have that nice like really knotted uh, chip, you can get some of the soup on the inside, and when you bite into it, it kind of explodes in your mouth. I'm just saying. I don't I don't really want to admit this, but that does sound really good. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um. But not as good as the going back to California roll. That is a good name. When it comes to these kind of episodes, you're really good with naming your dishes. I, I but on Iron Chef, they don't name their dishes. They just pretty much tell them what they have. They can, they're allowed to name their dishes. I mean, I'm sure they are, but I don't think any. I think people spend more time actually working out the menus than working than naming a dish. Well, I only had like 10 seconds, so this is what I came up All with. Right, fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, I didn't hear your name for your dish. Lobster, lobster, lobster bisque with potato chips. Yes. You just said the two things. Exactly. It's it's plain and simple. And that's the thing with the soup Nazi. That is what the soup Nazi would do, I guess. That's it. He would just say, this is what it is. All right. Fair fair point. Yeah. Uh, you ready for the entree course? Yeah. Do you want to go first or want me to go first? Uh, I'll do mine real quick. All right. Go right ahead. Since you went first before. Yeah. So um, what Preacher will be making for the entree will be the... Uh, Stand by your manicotti with seafood. Nice. LL Cool J, 1994, stand by your man. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so manicotti, Italian uh, Italian dish, you got you got a thin... Uh, wow, I hope I don't confuse this for something else. No, you, you got like a thin pasta shell 
kind of like a tube of, of pasta, right? And uh, it's filled with like a like a cheese. Uh, it's a, it's like a cheese ricotta based sauce. But oh, Cool J's seafood manicotti. He's gonna be he's gonna be putting some shark meat in there. This is shark manicotti. So he's got he's got fresh shark that he just killed. Like so in the movie, he's in his kitchen and he's hiding in his oven from a shark. And he even makes a joke like, "Well, this is ironic. Chef killed in his own oven, but he's able to get out of the oven." I think he has an axe. He axes his way out. And then he sneaks behind the shark somehow. I don't know how. I don't remember. Anyway, he blows up the shark, just killing him. And then he has access to the freshest shark possible, and he's already in the kitchen. So this he will be making the freshest seafood manicotti possible. Wow. Fresh. It's like, seriously, it really is fresh. Literally, the shark that you're eating was killed minutes ago. You can't get any fresher than that. You cannot, no. unless you eat a live shark, but that won't taste good. This is Now, do you think that would impress the judges, or do you think that would concern the judges? Because it hasn't really been treated, the meat, to make sure that everything's okay. <laughs> Here's the thing about genetically modified sharks. They are very healthy in that movie. That's right. I totally forgot. No, wait. The shark's cooked. It's fine. It is? This is cooked. This isn't raw. But then it's really not that fresh. It, what do you mean it's not fresh? It because was, now you're taking the time to cook it. All right. It's like been cooked for like 10 minutes then. It's 10-minute old shark. So you're only going to cook it for 10 minutes? Is that going to be safe yeah, to eat? Yeah, small pieces. Okay, I mean, it's fish cooks pretty quickly. I just want to double check. Look, what, you said you made a potato ganache. I don't, you don't even <laughs> know what that is. <laughs> no, I do not. You're absolutely right. <laughs> I think it's like a sauce with like heavy cream. So. <laughs> <laughs> But it is a topping. I I guess, yeah. <laughs> so I guess I was right in that in that uh, in that regards. Sure. All right. So for my entree, I went on the original Soupman's website and I printed out <laughs> his menu, which is quite extensive. It looks pretty. Is that like two pages menu? Uh, yeah, about two pages. Yeah. He has a whole bunch of things. He actually, <laughs> on his menu, he has a giant piece that just says, We are soup. <laughs> Je suis soup. <laughs> we, we are soup. And, oh, wait. We are soup and so much more. Well, that just changes everything. So that just changes are you everything. soup or are you so much more? So, I mean, in the episode of Seinfeld, it never specifically says he only makes soup. It just says that the soup will make your mouth water. It's to die for. It's so good. Makes your knees buckle. Makes your knees Makes professional buckle. judges fall out of their chairs. Exactly. I mean, they, they clearly mention that in the episode. I, yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. I can't dispute that. So, uh, I mean, we have to assume by the transitive property, if his soup is delicious, then everything else he makes is delicious also. And Not exactly the transitive property, but if A I'll equals let B you, and B equals C, then A equals C. I'll let you continue. All right, fine. On the very front page of his menu, it says, this is our classic menu, but inspiration may strike at any moment. If you don't believe me, you can look at it, and it says it right there on the front of the menu. All right. I, 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 it does say that. Thank you. Fact checker right there. Okay? So just because he mainly focuses on soup, in this instance, he will be completely fine, and inspiration will strike. All right, you you sold me on it. He can make something other than soup. Okay. So on his menu, he has a whole bunch of different sandwiches, salads, wraps, 
I'm going to stick with a premium hot and toasted sandwich, which would be perfect with a side of potato chips to go along with his sandwich. And what I'm thinking of right here, it's a classic oven roasted turkey club. 522 calories, not too heavy. <laughs> roasted turkey with bacon, melted American cheese, lettuce, tomato, and mayonnaise on wheatberry bread. Sounds delicious. It's simple, yet elegant. It's it's a it's a classic lunch, which is what you want. When you're going out to lunch, sit down, you get a nice warm sandwich, nothing too heavy, nothing too involved. You had your soup in the beginning. A soup and sandwich is a perfect combination there going from one to the next. You're still getting your potato chips there, so you're getting that little salt in you as well. And uh, it's, I'm telling you, it's going to be delicious. So just to be clear. Yes. You've read an item off his menu. Yes. And served it with potato chips. Correct. All right. I do have to point out, I don't think I put potato chips in my entree. I think I forgot to say. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, you're right. I'm glad you mentioned yeah. that. So the potato chips in the entree, uh, what, what should I do? I could just serve a side of potato chips like you. Yeah. You and be very lazy and unoriginal. It's not it's not it's not lazy and unoriginal. It's um classic. Hmm. It's a classic side dish. Hmm. You know, cuz like sometimes when I go out to to lunch and I get a sandwich and it like says comes with fries, you know, I'll be like, you know, I really don't want fries. It's it's kind of heavy. I just want I just want chips. If you could have a small slice of a fry a lot of times, basically. What's that? If you you don't want fries, but you'd like a fry sliced up into small slivers it's, it's and eat small, a bunch of them, and it's not as heavy. Exactly. Fair it's, enough. It, and it's not like deep fried or anything like that. So here's how. Just to sorry to because I forgot to use my potato chips <laughs> That's on the uh, <laughs> on stand by your manicotti with shark. Yes. So here's what he does. He puts this potato chips in a food processor, blends it up real fine. He puts that in uh in like uh so he he takes the manicotti with the super fresh shark. Dips that in, uh, I don't know, like uh, some type of liquid. Let's say like uh, like an egg, like an egg, like a like a beat up egg, and then he rolls that in the potato crumb, deep fries it, deep fries it. He fried manicotti. Oh, it's got a crunchy, crisp, fried outer shell. That sounds pretty good, actually. It's a nice, warm shark filling. All right. So, sorry, I forgot to no, say that. No, that's fine. I'm glad that you brought that up because I totally would have completely forgot that yeah. portion of it. Almost cheated. All right, so that's what you got for your entree then? Yeah, sorry, my entree's oh, done now. That's that's fine. I used potato chips. Okay. I'm going to bring up my dessert. Moving Hit into me. the third course. What do you got? Okay. I'm going to go back to the classics here. What's he known for? I'm going to say soup. That's correct. He is the soup Nazi. I'm going to make a mint chocolate dessert soup. Oh, I'm intrigued. What it is, you're kind of taking um, some... Uh, chocolate, you're kind of like melting it up a little bit with some mint flavoring there, and you're kind of you're you're melting it essentially, so it's kind of s- a soup texture. All right, melted okay. chocolate, got it. Right, and you're going to put a scoop of ice cream in the middle. It could be like vanilla bean, kind of classic there as well. Kind of, that's kind of what the soup Nazi's doing. He's kind of hitting with the the American classics right there, like vanilla bean and chocolate. Like that, that's what the people like. Mm-hmm. And basically, he runs a deli, so he doesn't have a lot of culinary experience. So what are you talking about? He doesn't have a lot of. Well, I'm experience. looking at this menu here, and it's pretty much a, a deli. So I'm, I'm guessing he, like he doesn't, you know. What do you mean he doesn't? Just so just because you make sandwiches and soup means you don't have any culinary experience. Well, that's the limit of his culinary. He's not. I wouldn't really call him a chef. That's the limit. What does the front page of the menu say, my friend? 
Inspiration may strike at any moment. Right there. There's no limit to his abilities. Prices may change, too. <laughs> yeah, I know. A sudden <laughs> spike in lentils. <laughs> but inspiration may strike at any moment. So just because he only has these things, that doesn't mean he's not creative. This is it, it, These are his greatest hits. This is what people love. His greatest hits happen to be a standard American deli menu. Just if that's if that's what if that, that's what the people want. That's All what right, people want. I'm just I'm I wouldn't call him a chef. He never calls himself a chef. Okay. They call him the soup Nazi. Right. We and, established. He, and he is Yevkasem. Right. So anyway, so the Nile bean scoop. Okay. Got now it. what I'm going to do is I'm going to take classic like rolled uh, gold pretzels, crush them up, also crush them up with some potato chips, like some lightly salted potato ch- chips, and drizzle that on top as well that's going to be on the ice cream so you're getting a little bit of the salty along with the sweetness of the vanilla bean and the chocolate as well and that's going to be his dessert so it incorporates the potato chips you get that saltiness with the sweetness of the chocolate and the ice cream and it's hitting on his skills which is a type of soup there a dessert soup to end the three meal course starting with a soup his classic lobster bisque going in the middle here with one of his well-known turkey uh, roasted sandwiches and finishing with a soup as well to bring it full circle in the end for the soup Nazi in front of the judges, which will definitely help him take the win. Uh, question. Great. What kind of chocolate is it? Milk. Milk chocolate. Yes. And are you worried? So counterpoint now. Go right ahead. Are you worried the chocolate will just melt the ice cream? I think it's okay for the ch- chocolate to melt the ice cream to an extent. I mean, it's not going to be – like you're going to scoop the ice cream, put it on top, right, while you're serving it to the judges. Mm-hmm. Same thing kind of with the first course. You're going to come around with your already smashed up pretzels and uh, potato chips and lightly toss it on top for them. And if it melts together, I think I don't see anything wrong with that. I just won't. I feel like if it got really soupy, it would, might, it might, the texture might be a little weird. I mean, it's, that's going to take a long time for it to get completely I guess soupy. How much chocolate is in there? I'm picturing like a lot of chocolate, like, like an inch deep of chocolate. No, I'd say probably like about a quarter inch. All right. That seems more like Yeah, that. about a quarter I mean, inch of milk chocolate. All right, so it's a lot like if you got vanilla ice cream and put, like, chocolate fudge on it and then dumped some pretzels on it. And potato chips. And potato chips. Right? Yes. All right. Yeah. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. That's what I'm going with. All right. All right. So what do we got for your dessert? What is Preacher making for dessert? Preacher's going to be making the Mama Said Knock You Out banana split. <laughs> it's so good, it knocks you out. Knocks you out? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. That's a... Uh, Mama Said Knock You Out is an LL Cool J song from 1990. I'm glad that you're using all LL Cool J songs in your in your, mm-hmm. in your your meals. Well, uh, yes. Yeah, I mean, he is the actor who plays Preacher. So um, it's a classic banana split. You got you take a banana, cut it down the middle, scoop of vanilla, scoop of chocolate, scoop of strawberry. Maybe he could try to make... No, no, no. That's crazy. I was going to say shark fin ice cream, but that's just insane. That, yeah, that's, that seems... Yeah, so so but I've done a crumbled potato chip. I've done a food processed potato chip um, coating. This time it's going to be using um, whole a whole potato chip, like um, if kind of like a fat potato chip. So these are these are custom made potato chips that he he makes. He cuts a, th- a thick slice of potato. He cuts it with ridges for for texture, just like for presentation purposes. And then he puts a uh, when he when he fries it, he puts like big chunks of sea salt on it, so you can kind of see the chunks of salt. Okay, sticks like. Uh, two of them, like artistically, in the banana split. Okay, and then you have a you have a classic banana split with a salty potato chip crunch. Okay, and I I, I forget. I'm sorry. Did you say sh- any shark involved in this? 
No, I, I was. You were thinking of it but for then a you second. Said not I was to? like, "Oh, should he make shark ice cream?" And right. I was like, "No, that's right." I remember don't you saying do it. that. Don't yeah. do it. Okay, so he's not not sticking with any any. This any is seafood free. Seafood he's free. done some seafood in his first two courses. This one's going to be just a cleansing, nice dessert. Okay, uh, I think that's uh, that's fair enough, right there. Now I have some I have some logistical questions. Shoot, what do you got? Is he going to make all this himself? Yes. During the competition. Yes. He's going to have no help. Uh, what are the rules of Iron Chef allow? You are allowed to have people in there to help you. I you guess can he ha- can have a helper. Does he have helpers in the movies? No. So They're not shown. But he is. He's, it is the night shift, so maybe they come during the day. I guess perhaps. <laughs> so he works the night shift and the day shift? Does he sleep? It's not established, his working hours. I mean, because if he only works at night, I'm assuming he sleeps during the day. I mean, correct he me will if I'm have wrong. To, he will have to sleep eventually. So it, he probably doesn't do the day shift. Well, so, I mean, people aren't probably going to be eating that much overnight. Okay. So maybe he cooks dinner and stays for the night, and maybe that's the night shift. Okay. But, I mean, I feel like it would show him with his workers if he if he had workers in the kitchen. Well, I guess the thing is that wasn't the main point of the movie, uh, a drama about a kitchen on a secret <laughs> government research facility to make Alzheimer's a cure from shark brains. Yes. And they really didn't focus on the chef cooking part of that. Because the only thing I'm bringing up is that he's going to need help to cook all three of those meals. And that's going to well, be hard to do it all by himself if we if we are, are assuming that he doesn't have any established help or anything along those lines. The, the ice cream dessert is pretty simple. I mean, that, uh, one person can make How many judges are there? Like four judges? There's four judges. Yeah, that's Plus nuts. the chairman. So far. Well, he doesn't judge, but he, he does get some of the food. He does get some. Yeah. Yes. Well, that, the dessert's not too bad. Okay, so that's one of the meals. I mean, I think you have to allot me a helper if that's the rules of the competition. I mean, that's fine. So I say I allot you a helper. How is he going to be leading that said helper? Do you know his skills working with other people in a kitchen scenario? Well, he does work with other people in a life and death situation, and he... Spoiler alert, he lives. He's one of the few that live. Does that uh, transfer over to kitchen scenarios? I think if you talk to to real chefs, not you know deli people that uh working in a in a kitchen is a lot like a life or death situation like Please people are screaming knives are flying knives are flying what kitchens are you going into kitchen with a lot of knife work you mean, like literally flying no metaphorically flying. all right well I'm it's an expression that. okay and then there's like orders yelling there's customers there's does he have experience with that he doesn't have orders being he, yelled he, he works in a kitchen did you hear he's a glorified I, cafeterian did you hear when i tell you he wears a white chef at apron Yes, that. If you wear that, you. I mean, you're not going to wear that unless you've had kitchen experience. He I, earned I, that I, white I strong, chef apron. I strongly do, I disagree, but <laughs> I strongly disagree. He's not, but he's not going to have people yelling orders at him. They're pretty much going to say, "What do we have today?" And he's going to say, "Here's the slop," and he's going to put it on their tray, and they're going to walk and sit down at the cafeteria uh, seating. I've never eaten in a research facility like this, so I don't know. Don't the you work at like a government the... facility? It's not in the middle of the ocean, though, and that probably would have some unique challenges to food. Right. So but pretty much, I think probably everything would be like microwaved because they're not going to be bringing in fresh. Well, why produce. would they hire a great chef? Like a we don't know cool he's chef. a great chef. We just know that he is quote unquote a chef that wears an apron. No, excuse me. He's a person who wears an apron, which means through the transitive property. That he is a chef. I'm going to have to teach you about the transitive property after it, this. No, I know what the transitive property <laughs> is. <laughs> I think you might be misapplying it. Whatever. I don't <laughs> care. Uh, anyway, what? so what are you saying? That he, he he won't be able to handle the stress of cooking for an Iron Chef competition? I think so. 
your guy is probably just going to insult all the judges and kick him out. No, 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 no. He's and not going to insult. A right. lot of times one of the judges is Jewish, so he might be offended. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Remember, the soup Nazi is not anti-Semitic. Well, maybe the judge doesn't know that. He is called the soup Nazi. But he's, all right, he's called a, soup, he's called a Nazi because of the way he acts, being the way he treats bad customers who do not listen to his rules. Rules are very simple. Place your order. Give him your money. Step to the left. Get your soup. You go. That's it. You don't. You don't say anything. Nothing like that. All right. Now, if you in the Seinfeld episode, there's uh, at least three people working in the kitchen with the soup Nazi, and those people take his orders without any hesitation. When George was complaining about the bread, the soup Nazi said, "No soup for you," and the lady who was there instantly ripped the bag out of his hand, gave him his money back, no questions asked. So when the soup Nazi is in that kitchen, he's going to be in complete control, telling his sous chefs, his assistant chefs, whatever you want to call them, what to do. They will do it without question. Now, I'm not saying that the Nazis were good, but they were very structured and they were very organized, which is what you need when you're working in a kitchen competition. And the soup Nazi will be able to bring that to the field in order to have a quick and um, fluid process of making this food under the hour time that they're allotted. Fair points. Well, Preacher will bring a calm, um, religiously tolerant point of view to his kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) And he will... You know, he has kind of like a, a, he's developed kind of like a zen patience throughout the movie. Like, at first, he's like freaking out about the sharks, but by the end, he's just like, eh, I'm here. I'm trying to get eaten by a shark, but it's going to be all right. And that's how he's going to be in the kitchen. He's like, things are going crazy, but I'll get it done. But I think we have to remember, too, is that the soup Nazi is only angry towards the customers that are, quote unquote, rude or disrespectful towards him. He befriends Kramer because Kramer sees him as an individual. He sees him as a peer. It's easy right then and there for the soup Nazi to make a connection with an average person. You're saying Kramer is an average person? To a, Compared to the soup Nazi, <laughs> yes. The judges aren't going to be sitting there criti- critiquing the soup Nazi saying, oh, my God, like that's awful, or, you know, oh, I want more bread in the middle of their – uh, what if they do make a complaint, you know. like, uh, these potato chips are soggy? Well, he needs to understand that he is a comp- in a competition, which I think he will understand. That he Going into this, he knows that he's going to face some, some criticism when it comes time for judging. <laughs> All right. That's fine. I think we'll just let our food, you know, be the uh, the deciding factor here. Yeah. Both of which sound very delicious. I, we did – both of us, I think, did much better than last time. Last time, last I would time, not we were, eat anything we, we were, made. We were gripping at straws. They There was some weird stuff. There was the – It was tomatoes, I think. It was tomatoes was our secret recipe last time. I remember one of yours was, I love you from a head to my toes burger. That's correct. And I remember my dessert was a tomato cherry – Oh, yeah. I know, a tomato strawberry something. Yeah, it was something weird. Yeah, it was really weird. Mine were pretty bad, too, I remember. I just remember I love you from my head to my toes burger. <laughs> no, I think you did it. I think, you know what we did? Both of our uh, entrees were tomato soup, I believe. Yeah, they were. And mine came Both with of our appetizers were. Appetizers. And mine came with a side of grilled cheese because Carl Casper makes that amazing grilled cheese scene. That's right. Yes. 
Yeah, actually, I would eat that, but we did make some weird stuff yeah, other we than that. Yeah, we did. But today, I, I would eat anything. I would. Want to do a quick recap of your uh, of I'm, your three course there before we uh, head out? If I can remember them. That's All okay. right. Let me let me do my best here. Sure. Uh, appetizer course. Going back to California roll. Nice. It's a standard California roll made with the freshest, freshly caught crab, uh, coated with a crumbled uh, potato chip for a for a crunchy exterior. Entree course will be the standby your manicotti with shark filling. Again, very fresh shark. I just love that name. <laughs> yeah, you don't expect uh, LL Cool J to sing a song like that, but he did. That's good. And um, it has a, a shark and cheese filling. It has a fried potato chip batter. And uh, the, for dessert, he'll be making the Mama Said Knock You Out Banana Split. A banana split so good it knocks you out. It'll be um, it'll be topped with two uh, oversized custom... Or, uh, yeah, custom-cooked uh, potato chip slices. I like it. And you get that sweet and saltiness mm-hmm. right then and there. Lovely. Lovely. And it's, it's a great presentation with the nice potato chips sticking out. Uh, so I'm going for my for the Soup Nazis uh, appetizer. You have the lobster bisque crumbled on top with uh, kettle-cooked salted potato chips. Uh, some of which, you know, you get that nice knot. Like we said earlier, you can get some of the, the soup to go inside that knot. You get a nice crunch, kind of explodes in your mouth. Just going to be delicious. Uh, moving on to the entree, we're sticking with some of his classics, kind of his, his greatest hits, if you will. Um, his, his premium. <laughs> his, uh, we're going to go with his oven-roasted turkey club, which is a staple under his premium sandwiches. And right there with a side of potato chips as well. Just kind of go along with it. It's a it's a classic lunch meal. Sandwich potato chips. It's not heavy. There's not a lot of work involved. You just kind of take it as it is. And then ending there with the chocolate, uh, the mint chocolate soup with a scoop of vanilla bean ice cream. Like I said, about a quarter inch of that melted uh, milk chocolate. And it's going to be topped with crumbled up pretzels and potato chips as well to give it that salty flavor to go along with the sweetness of the chocolate and the vanilla bean also and i think that he would run his kitchen efficiently uh without any hiccups and his staff would follow his direction with any without any questions asked i'm sure they would i know they will because he's a great leader because otherwise it's hit the showers (laughs) right Sure. Because they got fired. They can and they clean, have, off. They clean off. They have to go clean off. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I actually um, kind of wanted to see what other ingredients we could have gotten if we if we didn't stick All with right, this. a couple more. What do we got? So, venison. Ooh. That would have been interesting. That would have been. I don't know how I would have done with that you one. You would have just replaced your oven-roasted turkey with oven-roasted venison. Yeah, but I don't know how I would have, how I would have done. <laughs> I guess I would have done venison... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It doesn't sound too good. Have you ever had venison? No, I never have. No, I've heard. I've heard venison jerky is good. I really like jerky. So, quick story. Try that. Uh, quick story. When I was in college, my roommates uh, they were big hunters, and they would go home almost every weekend in the fall to go hunting. And one Sunday, they call me and they said, "Hey, we're coming back. We sh- we got a deer this weekend, and we're bringing some of the meat back for dinner. Do you want some?" And I said, "Sure." So I didn't. I didn't eat anything. So they come back. Reeating the deer, the venison, whatever. Like it was, it was cooked and everything. It was, it was really good. I was really enjoying it. 
and I said to them, I said, oh, which one of you shot the deer? Because they were, they were twin brothers. And they looked at each other and said, neither of us shot the deer. So I'm thinking, like, did their dad shoot it? Did someone shoot it? And whatever. And I said, okay, so what happened? So while they were driving home to go hunting, they hit a deer with their car. And they literally just threw it in the back of their trunk. And that was the deer that I was eating. So essentially I was eating roadkill and I didn't wow. know it now. And I, and I kind of like understand this more now because they were the ones that hit it. So like they knew that they hit it. It's not like they drove up and just saw it sitting on the side of the road and were like, mm, you know, we got some dinner now or something like that. So that was like their argument as to why, cause it's just wasted meat at that point since they know that they That's did a good it. Point. So I was like, you know, it is what it is. And and then they can tell a story about how they cooked the deer that they killed, and no one has to know. Exactly. And I can tell people I ate roadkill, and I didn't know <laughs> it until afterwards. It's not a great testament to their hunting ability that they, when they tried to kill a deer, they couldn't. And when they, and then they, when they were trying to drive, when they, they were trying to go home to kill a deer, they did kill a deer. Well, they weren't trying to kill the deer on the way home. No, they, they, they weren't given right. up. They had right. failed in hunting a deer, and, they, and they're like, "All right, let's fine. hit the road. We'll go home." And then they accidentally killed, killed a deer. deer. Exactly, it worked out well for them, actually. They, yeah, and like they showed me because I didn't believe them. I'm like, "You guys are lying to me." Uh, yeah, that's and that's so, fair. So they they took me to their car, and there was just blood stains <laughs> in, like, in the trunk of their car. What if that's how they covered up a murder? <laughs> oh my god! They gosh. killed someone, and then <laughs> like, oh, we'll just say we hit a deer. I'm like, oh, we got to get a deer. All right, fine. What if I was eating human? And we got rid of the body. What did it taste like? Tasted I think I always hear venison taste like chicken. That was the only time I ever had it though, so I really don't remember. But it could have been human. You could have been eating human instead. I, I completely could have been eating human and I didn't know it. Uh duck. That's another one we could have had. Oh, that's a great one. I only had duck once. That's when we went on a on a cruise uh about a year and a half ago. We went to Bermuda. Uh and I thought, Hey, I've never had duck before, let me have it now. It was delicious. See, I was a I was a big fan of that. There's no way uh hell cool J got a fresh duck in the middle of the ocean though. Unless it flew out there somehow. Yeah, I think they're, like, in the middle of the ocean. Like, this far for a duck. It'd be pretty weird. For I mean, him. I know we're kind of done with the fight, but I should have argued more about how he's going to get all of his ingredients, like, shipped out there. On the boat. No big deal. Then he could have gotten duck, too. Yeah, but I'm saying... My, some of my argument was how fresh his seafood uh, was. And if I had to work in duck... Right. It'd be, like, frozen. Yeah. Exactly. We'll do a couple more. Cucumbers? That would have been so-so. Mm. I'm glad we didn't get that. No. You're not a fan of Cucumbers? No, or they're okay. It's kind of I difficult. Wouldn't have been able to think of anything to Lemon make. peel? I feel like that's kind of a t- mm. cheap that's way to t- get out. Yeah. You, you can, can just, just like, throw it on anything. Yeah, you can just, yeah. Jack cheese. Jack cheese is always good. Just cheese on my manicotti. Chickpeas. Coconut milk. Cottage cheese. Gelatin. That would have been interesting. That would have been interesting. That would have been very, very difficult. Um, so yeah, so uh, that's what we're looking at for this uh, second episode involving who would win Iron Chef. Iron Chef, Volume Two, between the soup. Nazi. Oh, we forgot to say a la cuisine. Oh, that's right. We should have done it at the beginning. Yeah, we should have. Maybe, yeah, Maybe we can right. edit it back in there. Maybe I will. Uh, so yeah, so um, the soup Nazi versus Preacher, aka LL Cool J's character from Deep Blue Sea. Going in uh, against each other, an episode of Iron Chef America, or just Iron Chef? Just um, Iron Chef. Just Iron Chef. Doesn't have to be specifically America. Uh, so let us know what you think about this fight. If you'd like us to do these fights, we can do more of these uh, often. I personally really like these kind of fights because it really has us think on our toes involving the meals, and it kind of shows our creative side of actually cooking. Because mm-hmm. you're a bit, you're a big cook. Mm-hmm. 
So, I mean, I like you, you can kind of create a lot of things. I'm going to make some uh, shark manicotti later and try to fry it in potato chips. Hey, try it. Oh, you know what actually sounds really good? The um, the sushi wrapped oh, in yeah. potato chips. That actually sounds oh, really, thanks. really good. It has a nice crunch to it. Anything you want to add before we sign off? I got a couple things to add. Go right ahead. Uh, well, for, for, for just some facts about sharks, uh, sev- several types of sharks are fished for human consumption. Uh, apparently, there's a shark called a poor beagle. Never heard of that. Uh, the mako shark, the requiem shark, the thresher shark, among others. But those must be the most important. Yeah. I've heard of mako and thresher. I've never heard of poor beagle or requiem shark. But. Okay. Um... So I joked earlier that that uh, preacher dabbled in theoretical physics, and that's because he makes a a comment in the movie where for some reason they're talking about Albert Einstein's theory of relativity, and some person's like, "What's that?" So he says, "Put your hand on a hot stove for a minute, and it seems like an hour. Sit with a pretty girl for an hour, and it seems like a minute. That's relativity. That's pretty deep. Yeah. All right, this fact. I thought was the funniest fact because it was in uh, this was in the IMDb trivia for the movie. Okay, and it was just so like mundane. It made me laugh. What is it? The plane that they fly on in the beginning uh-huh. is a De Havilland DHC-2 Beaver that was produced between 1947 and 1969 by the Canadian aircraft manufacturer. That's it. That's it. That that's that's the trivia. That is IMDb, IMDb trivia for the movie Deep Blue Sea. Who's the person that found that out and took the time to go on IMDb and to place that trivia fact in the trivia section? And also thought it would be important to people who watch the Appa- movie. Apparently, I'm like, oh my god, like I knew it. I knew that's what that plane was. You my know? friend tried to tell me it was made in 1974, but I know they own, that plane was only produced between 1947 and 1969 in Canada, in, right? In Canada, not Belgium, like they thought it was. Man, that might have settled some arguments. It probably, you know what? It might have. You know how it says? Uh, it, it says on the bottom. I don't know if it says it on your phone, but it says so many people found this helpful. Yeah, two. All right, so nobody two, nobody cares. Two two people cared. Maybe one was the person who wrote it, but probably someone and else. And the cared. other one was the person who got into the argument with them. Yeah, and they're like, "Oh, okay, this settled the argument." Maybe somebody accidentally clicked it. Maybe, probably. All right, the last fact is related to the movie. Okay, so uh, I think when they 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 have mako sharks. And they did stuff to their brains to make their brains bigger. And I think they called them Gen 2 Mankos. So they describe it as 8,000 pounds and 45 feet long. So this would make it more than four times the weight and three times the length of the largest Mako shark ever recorded. And twice the size of the largest great white shark. Wow. That's pretty. That's quite large. That is pretty big. Yeah. And there's a scene at the end where, um, who's the actor who played the Punisher? Is his name Tom Jane? Which Punisher? The, the new one or the old one? Uh, the newer one, I think. The new, oh, well, not the one in Daredevil. No, that's what the I was movie. About. The movie though, with um, oh, from with like the, uh, John Travolta. I have no idea. I think his name's Tom Jane, but he's in the he's the main guy of uh, T plus C. Okay, and he uh, at one point at the end is riding on a shark, and needs um, LL Cool J to shoot it with a harpoon that they're then gonna like shoot with like uh, electricity or something to just like kill a shark, and. Uh, LL Cool J shoots and shoots uh, Tom Jane. I hope I'm saying. I hope that's his name. Shoots him in the leg, and it, and he he somehow like miraculously lives. And then he says like a 45 foot shark shark and you shot me in the leg. This was just a joke. <laughs> that, that, it, that is funny. That that's what he hit. But he oh. hit it. He did hit it. I'm gonna. I, I, don't, I haven't said this in this episode, but I've never seen Deep Blue Sea. Uh, it's I, a. Uh, I don't. I don't know if I'd call it a good movie, but it's like a. 
I, 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 I liked it. I would watch it again. I tried doing some research at work today, and I pretty much read the synopsis, and I'm waiting like for there to be some kind of particularly important kitchen scene, and <laughs> there wasn't. Uh, so I was like, okay, like that's the chef, got it. And then I went on YouTube and I typed in preacher deep blue sea kitchen scene or chef scene and like nothing came up. One thing that came up that was a music video from the movie that he did. I was about to say that. And he wrote a, he wrote a song for the movie called deepest bluest. Yes. And I clicked that because I was hoping that would lead me to some, uh, arguments that I could bring against him, but it did not lead to anything. Unfortunately, you could say he wrote a really cheesy song about the movie, but yeah, I guess so. We probably made some good money on it. <laughs> or not. Who yeah. knows? All right. Anything else? That's it? Uh, that is it. Awesome. Cool. And I really don't have any more fun facts about the Soup Nazi. I feel like he's pretty much so popular in uh, our culture today. Everyone says no soup for you or something soup for you or you're a blank Nazi. That's true. Yeah, that is. That kind of thing. So he's definitely – that episode has definitely left a lasting impact on pop culture in our society. Chris, thanks so much for being on and suggesting this. When you texted me the other day and you said, let's do an, uh, another Iron Chef episode, I was thinking, all right. I'm, oh, I'm glad you liked I'm the totally idea. In. Yeah, I was oh. really excited. All right, so as always, there's going to be a Twitter poll on Twitter where you can vote uh, for who do you think would win Iron Chef. Now, remember, this episode, is we're bringing back the little wager between Chris and I. Whoever gets the most votes wins and gets to pick a movie for the other person to watch. And once they watch it, they'll come back on the podcast, then we'll talk about it and see what we think. Did you want to add something? Seemed like you no, something. I, I just had a fear that if there's a lot of Seinfeld, if the Seinfeld fans do that poll, they might pick the Soup Nazi just because they like him more. I'll try to use uh, somewhat impartial hashtags to promote the poll so that way we get people to vote. All right, whatever you want to do, it's fine. Whatever happens. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll see what happens. You never, you never know what's going to happen in the polls. Maybe there'll be a lot of deep blue sea LL Cool J fans. Hey, you never know. Maybe maybe, maybe they'll announce like a sequel tomorrow when like this episode oh, yeah. airs and it just skyrockets and everyone's really, really excited. Chris, thanks so much for being on. My pleasure, Steve. Thank you. As always, please subscribe, follow, and rate, and please continue to participate in our show. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. My hat is like a shark yeah. Deepest blue is my hat is like a shark uh, Deepest blue is my hat is like a shark The Who Would Win cast is not endorsed by any film or television production companies and is intended for entertainment purposes only. Any and all audio clips are not owned by the Who Would Win cast and all rights are reserved by the respective copyright holders.